ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Let's get you set for this Thursday edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling us on the White Claw phone lines. We do that at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Hard Seltzer, it is made pure. Text lines also open for you this hour, 304-523-2275. That is 304-523-2275. Coming up next segment, we're going to hear from Chip Walters, the voice of of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. We'll talk to him about the upcoming matchup between Marshall and Middle Tennessee. That is coming up on Saturday. All that action right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Also, Marshall gets a win in men's soccer last night, defeating Butler 2-0. We'll hear from Coach Grassi about how the game went. We'll also hear from Pedro Dolabella. He had two goals in the 2-0 victory over Butler. So we've got all that Coming up, looking forward to uh, hearing from Chip. It's always fun to talk to him. Uh, he's been doing this a long time, so uh, he's always pleasant and fun to, to speak with. So uh, we'll continue that coming up here in the next segment. A lot of things happening tonight, of course. Thursday night football, the Jags take it on the Bengals. We've got that game for you right here. Now, if you're used to us going on about 90 minutes prior to kickoff, that's not happening tonight. We've got the Coach Charles Huff Show. That's coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. So we'll go into our coverage uh, right at 8 o'clock and then get you set for kickoff that way. But, of course, you've got options. We've also got the game on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So we'll begin 7 o'clock there. So if you're... Uh, in the Ashland area, you've got game coverage beginning at 7. If you're with us here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930, you're going to stay through the duration. Going to catch Coach Huff, then we'll get you right into the game. You won't miss a thing, so stay right here. We've got you covered on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm looking forward to this one tonight. Get a little Bengals football action on a Thursday. Uh, I'm all set for this. Usually, you know, I'm not really into the Thursday game. I haven't been as much into the Thursday game for a while. The Monday game has kind of been okay for me as well. Sunday night game, usually I can kick back to that one. But I just haven't been into the Thursday game as much. It's on NFL Network. I know what Amazon Prime has got this one as well. They're streaming that. I th- Isn't that where that's at? Because I haven't actually had to go do that yet to get that game. So... I guess I'm going to have to go grab the Amazon Prime uh, remote, fire that thing up for the first time in a little bit, and watch the game tonight. If uh, you don't have that option, as I mentioned, we got the radio feed for you. And I'm sure uh, it's going to be a fun one tonight. Thursday night football is uh, always a fun time for Cincinnati. Uh, I'm kind of curious. I really want to see what the Thursday night uniform combination is going to look like in person. I've deliberately kept myself off Twitter. I know they tweet that stuff out. I liked it the year they had the color rush and it came out in the all-white, almost the Stormtrooper look. For some reason, I like the Stormtrooper look. 
especially for Marshall. I kind of liked it for the Bengals as well. I kind of wish their color rush uniforms were their regular uniforms when they brought those out. So uh, it should be fun. I'm excited. Uh, so who do you got in this one? You got Jacksonville or do you have the Bengals? If I know this audience, it's all Bengals, or at least mostly Bengals, unless you're just not a Bengals fan, then I know where you're going. So um, I'm taking the Bengals. I took the Bengals over the Steelers, and I'm taking the Bengals again. I don't know how far that's going to get me here. If uh, if you're following all my picks on the commercials I have to do for Betfair, you know they want me to make a pick. Okay, I'll do it. I'll make a pick. I'm taking the Bengals at all times. So if um, if you think I'm going to pick against them, um, you might want to go elsewhere for advice. So if you hear me talking about taking the Bengals in a same-game parlay, I'm not necessarily saying you should take the same-game parlay with me picking the Bengals, but if you do, if you do, um, if you win, let me know. Just let me know. All right, the text line is open. It is uh, 304 Five two three, two two seven five. Three zero four five two three, two two seven five. We will, we will get to your text. We'll do that. We have got coming up here in the next few minutes. We're going to hear from Chip Walters. We're going to do that. Uh, I'm firing up the text machine now. Um, let's see. There's a text that came in yesterday. For some reason, my laptop didn't refresh fast enough. I missed it toward the end. Uh, we were talking about Xavier Gaines yesterday, so you know, let me catch up on, on that text first. That's what I've kind of been doing here. just want to make sure I got the right text. Uh, texter wrote yesterday, when Gaines gets the ball, good things seem to happen. My worry is what tight end will be there to fill that hole next season. Be interesting to keep an eye on for recruiting purposes. And who else sees the ball at tight end this season? Who will be back next year? It's a good point. When Xavier's not there, what's going to happen at that position? Let's hope that uh, some good recruiting happens. Uh, again, you bring in a coach that is well-regarded for the recruiting. We've heard that story before. So if you're a little anxious or maybe you take that with a grain of salt, which is okay, that's fine to do, but it seems that this coach – Really enjoys the recruiting process, is uh, all about it. Very active on social media, Coach Huff I'm referring to. And shows up at high school games, uh, really likes that part of the job when the opportunity is there for him to go and, and see some of the local kids. And, and that's really cool. And you got to do this. you got to do that and make sure that really you're being seen, you're being uh, active, that you make sure these kids know that you're interested, that Marshall's an option. I mean, you can't act as if you're a mountain and they come to you. You must go to them. So the mountain must move. And so that's what Coach Huff has done so far. So I'm, I'm not really worried. Overall, I like Xavier Gaines, though, and uh, it's going to be a tough position to fill when he's not there. But I do agree with the texture from yesterday. Good things do seem to happen when he gets the ball.
And you can, of course, be a part of the program through the text line as well. Again, it's 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. I'll tell you what we're going to do here. I want to get on the program Chip Walters. I really enjoy talking to him. So we'll be talking to the play-by-play announcer for Middle Tennessee when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Still to come, we're going to hear from Marshall men's soccer coach Chris Grassi on last night's victory over Butler. We'll get your text in at 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. Marshall's taking on Middle Tennessee this week. It's the annual blackout game for Middle Tennessee. And to tell us about that and more about the Blue Raiders is the voice of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders himself, Chip Walters. Always a pleasure to have him on the program. And as I was telling him off the air, uh, it's a highlight of my week. Yeah, Believe it or not, it is a highlight of my week because uh, Middle's one of those schools I love to, in, in an affectionate way, I love to hate because the rivalry's just that good. You know, it, 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 it it's, it's kind of the, you know, the same way here. And I'll be honest, I looked up yesterday, I, I was doing some work on my, on my charts and, you know, and realized that, you know, we're four and four since Middle Joint Conference USA, um, you know, with Marshall. Marshall won two one double A playoff games back in the in the nineties, but it has there have been some crazy games. There have been some odd games. There have been you know all kinds of games in the eight that have been played since both teams have been in Conference USA. It's blackout night in Murfreesboro. Crazy things happen uh, when when we have the blackout night. So looks like it's going to be great weather for this weekend. So everybody load up. Come on down. We've got plenty of room for you. 2017, by the way, the last time Marshall won in uh, Murfreesboro. It's on my chart, too. Well, I got that, I got that well, stat yeah, right that, there. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. And, and I remember what, 20, was it 2015? It was, was the three overtime game in Murfreesboro. And I think that was on a blackout night. So, um, you know, it's been, and we're, you know, we're very proud to be one of the few teams in the league that's actually won in Huntington and that's only happened one time but uh it's always fun uh you know in in looking forward to seeing this group of uh this version of the herd and of course uh always uh, there's always few uh few few friends that have been made along the way that'll that will be down here from Huntington look forward to that yeah i i, I genuinely love this rivalry and when i say it hate in an affectionate way i, I mean that because it's always fun, and yes, I do remember those one double eight games. I, I I was at those games as well. I'm not not aging myself here any bit, but as a student at Marshall uh, at that time, those were fun games. Not for the middle fans, well, but those were fun for herd fans. Well, you want to? Uh, here's a little story. I don't know if you know this or not, and you you may it may be uh, in one of those games. Middle had a linebacker named Mike Caldwell who went in our Hall of Fame last year and is currently the linebacker coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he played with 
back when Kelly Holcomb was was the quarterback, and there was a play where Mike near the sideline, Mike, you know, and then there was a collision. And whoever the Marshall player was, and I'm, it must have been a receiver or a back or something, got, I mean, he was knocked out cold. And when he took him to the hospital, uh, and he was fine, but, but they were going to keep him for observation. And, and some Marshall people played a trick on, on, on the kid. And when they, it was, he asked what happened, they told him he ran into a cheerleader. So uh, and it was actually a guy who ended up playing about a dozen years in the NFL and is still coaching in the NFL that hit him. I think we're talking about Orlando Hatchett, right? I think that's who we're talking about. Very well. Co- I, yeah, I believe. You, you yeah, I believe. I, I believe that's Orlando Hatchett uh, that we're talking about. It, um, it was a, a high pass, right? I, if I remember that, because I remember. I think that's. I think. I think that's correct. Yeah, it was Orlando Hatchett. So uh, uh, those were good times. He was. Um, he was such a good sport <laughs> about that afterwards. <laughs> well, good. He had no choice in the matter. He had to be a good sport about it for sure. <laughs> that's right, but. Those that's there's a lot of fun history, but uh, it'll be fun on this this Saturday with these two teams this year. Tell me a little bit about Middle. Uh, you've got a quarterback that looks like he's all world or could be all world, and he's he's been there for a while. But he comes out his first start and just he's on fire. Well, you know, and he the thing is, it it, it and and this is a, a popular phrase around around Music City, it took him four years to become an overnight sensation. And, um, I mean, he is in his fourth year in the program. He's been around so long that he was the backup to Brent Stockstall in Brent's senior year. So he's been around. He was behind uh, Bailey Hockman, who came transferred from NC State uh, at halftime of the UTSA game. They chose to... Uh, insert Chase Cunningham into the game in the second half, and uh, the next day Bailey chose to leave the football team. So uh, that on a short week with a Friday night game in Charlotte, uh, Chase, you know, was preparing to be the starter, and that may be good that everything was so compacted that you didn't have really time to sit around and think about it. Because it was, you know, he was getting ready to uh, live out a dream, to be a starter. It was his first start at middle, and Chase brings a lot of tools to the table. As a matter of fact, Coach Stockstill did not name a starter until uh, really day of the game of the season opener against Monmouth because the competition between the two was very, very good. Uh, Chase, with all the experience here, and Bailey bringing in, you know, a, a, his own skill set from his uh, previous college football stops. But, you know, it was it's one of those things where where Chase came out, the team really rallied around him. The the his teammates love him. Uh, you know, and, and I I tend to like quarterbacks whose best friends are defensive players. Chase is kind of a quarterback with a defensive player's mind he was a shortstop uh in baseball so he's kind of he's got a quick release uh 
so he's 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 just a guy that that everybody around the program wants to see succeed. And he comes out in his first start and throws for more yards than any other middle quarterback had ever thrown for in their first start. So, you know, well that you know you can't count on that every week, but hey, he got off to a good start, took care of the football, didn't come up with a victory, but again, a very close game against a good Charlotte team, and there were a lot of good things that happened in that game. You know, and you kind of look at where middle season has been. You know, you play Monmouth in the opening game and you win fifty to fifteen. Do you know do you know fully about your team then? Well, probably not. Then you go to Virginia Tech, your defense plays lights out. Offense struggles against a very good tech defense. Well, do you really know what you got then? No, not really. Then you go to UTSA and look awful for three quarters, get down twenty seven to nothing, have not generated anything offensively. The defense has done enough to hold you in it to that point, and then Chase comes in and scores two quick touchdowns and got middle, you know, cosmetically it looked a little better, but UTSA dominated that football game. And then you go to Charlotte, the defense does not play nearly as well as it had the previous two weeks, but the offense puts together its best week of the season. So do you still know what you have if you can get both sides playing at the same time. And we're not the only school that, that wonders that. Everybody goes through that uh, every year, unless you live in Tuscaloosa or somewhere. But, I mean, even Clemson is having a hard time moving the football this year. So, you know, maybe the spark that they needed was getting Chase in there. And, and obviously when you have an opponent like Marshall coming in, uh, it gets your attention because – they have been, you know, one of the real standard bears in this conference, and there's a ton of respect there for what they do. And you're right. It has become a good rivalry in this league. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. You mentioned Chase Cunningham. You like players that are friends with defensive players, so um, he's best friends with uh, Reed Blankenship, right? Yep, he is. They're, they've been – they're both gray beards around here, and uh, – but and, and it was really kind of cool. If you like stats and records and things like that, they're, they're best friends, Chase and Reed. Last week, Chase, as we mentioned, set the record for the most yards by a middle starting quarterback in their first start. And Chase became – he broke a 35-year-old record uh, for total tackles. Uh, and uh, he now has 348 career tackles which is the most of anybody in 107 years. He was the player that was identified the most as far as what the Marshall was talking about this week. As a, you know, He does it all. But an interesting thing I didn't notice until someone else brought it up was you look at this defensive line, it's pretty consistent, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty stout, and most of the tackles are coming from the safety position, but it's not because of blown plays and they're trying to clean things up. It's just they're all very good. Well, you've got – and you, you you have a unique situation where where Reed Blankenship and Greg Gray are outstanding in run support from the safety positions. Uh, do you want your safeties making all the tackles? Heck no. And, 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 and I, I think you can – 
I'm not out of line saying that I think this is the best that the defensive line has played since, you know, if you're talking about Reed's tackle numbers, I think that you look at, I think this is the best that the defensive line has played since he's been playing. So there, there's not as much stuff as getting funneled back to the secondary maybe this year as it has in the past where he racked up a, a lot of numbers. Um, but, you know, it's, it is a group that Scott Schaefer, the defensive coordinator, really likes. And because he does have some experience over there and has found some guys that he can trust, he really likes to apply pressure at certain times. And last year, I don't think he ever felt comfortable enough really turning guys loose. Um, but this year, he's been a little more liberal uh, applying some pressure. And, you know, it's just all all part of, you know, the, the trust is maybe the best word that any coach would tell you, any position coach, you know, if, if – if a player says, Hey, how do I get more snaps? Well, I got to trust you. And you know, how, how can I move up from three to two or two to one? Well, I've got to be able to trust you more. So he's got a group now that he trusts more than he did a year ago. And so that, that's kind of, you know, long answer to a short question there, but that, that's kind of where it has gotten. Uh, and, and why this group, I think, is uh, I like watching them play I, better than I did a year ago. I'll be honest with that, and and that is because he's got some defensive linemen. They may if they don't get a ton of sacks, they're getting a lot of hurries. Uh, that's for sure. My guest is Middle Tennessee play-by-play announcer Chip Walters. The Thundering Herd taking on the Blue Raiders. That's coming up on Saturday. It's the blackout game. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But I'm kind of curious, just you know, at, at a glance, looking at how these two teams match up. Passing, it's probably going to be a, a fun game to watch on both sides. You know, middle might air it out a little bit more. Who knows? But I'm kind of curious about the run game. You know, it's um, Where's that at for you? It doesn't seem like it's a prominent part of the offense. Is that by design this year, or is it just hasn't found its groove yet? What's going on there? Well, I'm just as curious about it as you are, and I can promise you it's not by design. Uh, so uh, they have been frustrated that, you know, they have – hang on, let me, let me back up a little bit. Okay. The last two years, the leading rusher – here's the – the last two years we've said, hey, good news, bad news. The good news is Asher O'Hare, your quarterback, is your leading rusher. Bad news, your quarterback is your leading rusher. Well, and there we've had about two years' worth of not being able to produce in the traditional running game with your tailback as much as they'd like. Now, they have, they have um, you know, tinkered with a few things. There are a couple of transfer guys, one from West Virginia, Martel Petaway, uh, who I don't think will be uh, available this weekend, and Amir Rasul, who was a Florida State transfer, and and he, you know, has not uh, put up the big night that you would hope to see. Last week, Brad Anderson, who's been kind of, you know, a uh, he's been like a uh, a Swiss Army knife for Middle's offense over the last few years. They 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 put him in and left him in, and he didn't put up a hundred yard night, 
but he was good enough in the run game to make Charlotte stay honest in the secondary. And uh, so, you know, they're still searching and searching for an answer for that. And, um, and, you know, they feel like, they feel like they're kind of zoning in on a couple of guys. Shaton Mobley, who is kind of a thunder back. He's, he's a big bruiser kind of guy. Um, he was not, has not, he's been out for a couple of weeks and he should be back. I'm expecting to see him back this week. So that gives them a little bit more of kind of the one, two punch. Um, you know, they've had some illness problems along with, you know, injuries and nicks and stuff that everybody gets. So, you know, everybody's trying to get all their guys back, especially as you go through this conference race. So, yeah, that, that again, like you said, it is a little curious and, you know, will having, you know, getting the offensive line healthy with a healthy couple of backs and also now with a quarterback who can, who has the speed to get out and move the pocket a little bit and take some pressure off those guys, you know, uh, you know, and keep the defense honest. Does all of, do all of those little pieces come together to, for an improved running game? That's, you know, you just you wait to see. And that's what, uh, you know, the next test on that will be on, on uh, Saturday night. Chip Walters joins me, voice of Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders, Thundering Herd entertaining uh, the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders uh, together. It's going to be fun. Uh, I look forward to this one. It's the blackout game. What does that really mean? I was trying to explain what that was about. All I know is it's not a good time for the opposing team, but uh, what's the blackout game all about, and, and why does this, this game seem to be one that uh, turns out to be more interesting than most of the other games? You know, I, I, can't, I can't tell you why. It's just been – in middles only, This will they've had 13 blackout nights, and it was just an opportunity to wear black uniforms and – and people wear wear black to the game. You know, I'm I'm ready for a whiteout. Let's you know, let's do that sometime. But the blackout game, then the guys just the players just seem to like wearing those those uniforms. And I think it is just sheer coincidence that we've had some crazy games. We had one of I think one of the wasn't the first one, but it was probably ten or twelve years ago, pretty close that uh, Joe Craddock, who's now coaching the UAB, uh, hit uh, Malcolm Bia on a Hail Mary on the final play of the game to beat FAU one night. We've had it against Western Kentucky and gotten a win, the, had a win against Marshall in triple overtime. So it's, you know, it, it has moved around against different opponents and it, it is, uh, it is, it's just, it's another way to promote a game and, and uh, you know they'll have the whole black. They'll have the black helmets, the black jerseys. And I, I will say this: not everybody's black jerseys and black uniforms look real good sometimes. But middles are pretty. I, I, I kind of like them. They they wear the black uniforms with the white numbers that have a royal blue outline to them. So that, that's a that's a pretty good combination. I've been pushing for Marshall to show up in all white, just to, to counteract that. Oh know. my gosh. That would be unbelievable. That would be great. They've got great white jerseys, and 
and and to go with the white helmets, the white pants, and then have everybody in the stadium, you know, wear their white and and give them the the white rags like they do at Penn State. I mean, that would be awesome for a early season night game. Yeah. See, you're on the same page. I'm as on me. it. Herd fans show yeah. up in white. No, I mean, you have a, you can have a little Kelly Green, but show up in the white, have white jerseys. The Stormtroopers come out in those for the herd against those black unis. Oh, it would be fantastic. And, you know, being this is a, a game on TV as well, those who tune in will probably have to adjust their color, and this will be the perfect game to do it in. Well, yeah, I, I, will, I will say this. It would be a nice – I don't know who's in charge of, of policing uniforms anymore. Because, number one, last week, Charlotte was the home team. What color does the home team wear? Dark, correct? Their dark, uh, yep. their, dark, their dark jerseys were light gold with white numbers. How about that? See, equipment people and middle, don't get it Yeah, sometimes. and middle, middle, well, middle was the visiting team wearing white. So you had white and light gold. That's not a big contrast. No, equipment people sometimes don't get it that the the numbers are important for for us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the numbers are I, for the I broadcasters. Will, I, will, I will give Charlotte credit that the 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 numbers on the back of their jerseys were huge, which that was that was a help. Okay. And when you and when you're at Charlotte, the way that the stadium is configured, you're you're really close to the field, which is fine. I like that too. So it was. It wasn't as. It was not as awful as I had an expectation it was going to be. It was not as bad as the night UAB showed up in basketball at Middle and wore uh, hunter green, for you know dark forest green jerseys that had black numbers on them, and it was like they had no numbers. So, but uh, we all those are old man problems, you know. Those of us, when you get past a certain age and the eyesight starts going a little bit, but uh, that's why the that's why they invented binoculars. So, Chip Walters joins me, the voice of Middle Tennessee. I got to get your opinion on a couple of things. Uh, first off, okay. I, I'm kind of curious about your take on conference realignment. Let me get that out of the way first. Uh, that's the hard one. Um, it's crazy right now. Yeah. We don't know where anyone's going. Uh, what are you hearing, if anything, about what's happening in Conference USA? Because it feels like other conferences are maybe at least addressing this or trying to be proactive, or at least you kind of have a feel for what might happen, except Conference USA. Um, you know, what are you feeling? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Well, um, not hearing a lot. I mean, uh, we'll get out. We'll get a release every once in a while that says they are keeping tabs of everything, and so that we get that. Uh, you know, in our area, we're, we're sitting, and we were a former member uh, back when Marshall was in the Southern or the MAC, back when they were 1AA, back in the 1AA days. We were in the Ohio Valley. Well, the Ohio Valley Conference has been decimated lately um, with teams leaving, going other places. So we've been kind of watching that. Uh, but this, the whole thing with, you know, the Big 12 and who are they going to, you know, who, they, they have made invites. Um, you know, there's, we have a very 
wide, very broad league that has a footprint that goes from El Paso, Texas, to Norfolk, Virginia. The Sun Belt has a league that has a footprint that goes from Conway, South Carolina, to Arlington, Texas. And there has been, you know, proposals and ideas thrown out there that, you know, when you're in in the group of five, you know, and, and as much as the American is trying to not be in the same, not be in the same conversation with Conference USA and, and the Sun Belt, you know, what do, you know, what do conferences, in, and, and I think about in particular Conference USA and the Sun Belt with the almost identical footprint, you know, and with schools trying to save money on travel, things like that, is there a point where where you have a you know a mixing and then redividing by geographic standards? I don't know. It makes to me it makes sense, but when you have egos involved and you know and 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 they say, well, you know, we've got television contracts and this and that and the other. Well, we found out last year things that we've always heard well, we can't do that, and blah, blah. Well, I guess you can, and you can do it in about a week. And that is, you know, and that is, you know, pivot and go from one opponent to another, you know, things like that where they move games around. I don't know. It's, you know, somebody above my pay grade. You know, I, 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 I hope we have what I want is whatever it ends up being uh, for all of us. I mean, we've been in the Sun Belt, we've been in Conference USA, and there are outstanding folks at every institution in both leagues. And what I hope happens is that whatever it is makes it viable for all of those schools to move forward and upward uh, in a good way. Uh, Because I want them to all, I want to see all of them have success. And and to, to have their fan bases that are as rabid as what we see when we come to Huntington. Uh, you know, we all want that. And, you know, and, and I don't know, do you, you know, is it going to be good if the group of five has some separation from, you know, the power five or, you know, or with the proposed 12 team playoff, does that, does that give, a bigger piece of the pie back to the group of five. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, you could kind of go in any direction out there, but um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Obviously we're right in the midst of another round of this that we saw happen. What? 10 years ago. Yeah. Not quite that many years ago. Feels like it. We'll see. Yeah. Chip Walters. I I, I do think that, I do think this 2024, 2025, you know, with the, Whatever ends up officially happening with the playoff is going to be the tail that wags the dog. Chip Walters joins us, voice of Middle Tennessee. Uh, I'll um, I'll ask you this quickly um, because this will be your first encounter. Uh, what's your impression so far of Coach Huff and uh, this new look heard 
offense and defense? Uh, what have you seen so far? Well, they, you know, the first thing is, looks like they're doing what they always done. They've scored a lot of points and played good defense, and uh, and 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 you know, Doc Holliday was an outstanding football coach, and uh, he had great teams there over a long period of time. Um, what you know, and I'm not one to judge what we see. I and, and I did ask that exact question to Coach Stocksell on Monday night, and he says his answer was, and I'll have to go with that for to be my answer was that, you know, uh, it looks like they're doing a whole lot of the same stuff they were doing because you got the same offensive coordinator, but they have added concepts from Coach Huff's time at Alabama, like playing faster things like that, that have, you know, enhanced what they already had. So that that's kind of my answer. Always a pleasure to talk to Chip Walters, the voice of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Make sure Giddy Potts never shows up again. Keep him away. Just remember, we got to keep that <laughs> running joke going. I'm just glad he graduated. As long as, you keep, as long as you keep John Elmore out of the building. Deal. We can handle that. Um <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Ott Elmore is is off limits. He can come back. I'm telling you, Ott is on his way to becoming an executive in the NBA. There's no question. He is a social media darling, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And when he had the, he kind of ran the team uh, that 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 what that uh, that uh, one of those tournaments that that John and all the guys played in. So. You talking about the uh, the basketball tournament? Um, the, yeah, 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 that one. And okay. Ott was kind of the general manager yeah. of that team, wasn't he? Yeah, and the team was called heard heard that, even though they had some uh, some ringers on that team uh, from other schools, it, it, including one from Middle. Jacory Williams played on that team, and he's welcome to come back anytime, anytime. <laughs> he's welcome. You know what? If Giddy wants to come and play, he's welcome to come anytime. There you go. I got you. Chip, have a have a great week. We'll see you soon. And uh, um, I know you'll be hanging out with my guy, Bill Cornwell, this weekend as well. So uh, um, I don't know what to say there, but have fun with him. I got extra cash for bail money. <laughs> Fair enough. Chip, good talking to you. <laughs> Later. That is, that is Chip Walters. That's, that's a smart reply. Extra bail money. Cornwell will be in uh, Murfreesboro this week. When we continue, we'll hear from Coach Grassy how to go against Butler. We'll tell you about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. All right, let's hit this recap quickly as the clock is now against me. Marshall gets the victory over Butler and men's soccer 2-0. Coach Grassi was asked last night how he thinks the game went. Here's what he had to say. It was a bit of a – I think neither team was, was quite dynamic today. I think we both – I don't know, it was a little bit lacking, like lacking a bit of precision at times. Um, obviously, I think we were, we were a better team and, and we were able to move the – Move the ball around, but even then, it wasn't as precise as we would like it to be. But um, I think generally a fairly comfortable afternoon for us at, at five o'clock kickoff, which was, you know, a little, little different time for us. So it was interesting to see how the guys uh, reacted to that. 
But yeah, we, I mean, we were able to to kind of get our possession game going and, and all the great moments we had was we put, you know, a series of passes together before we went in. Um, the bad moments we had, we were just kind of bombing forward, um, trying to get in. So I think, you know, overall a good performance. Uh, nice to see the, the goals come and obviously learned the lessons from uh, Kentucky and sort of how to break down an organised defence. And I think we did a better job tonight. Definitely, definitely at moments of exploiting the space um, and creating the space for ourselves by holding position. So, uh, decent performance. Yeah, nice to nice to get back on the goals and nice to, to keep another clean sheet. Speaking of the goals, uh, Pedro Dolabella had a couple, and he talked about Pedro starting to heat up for the team. Well, I, I, I put it first and foremost down to his mentality. You know, he's a captain, he's a leader. Um, he kind of espouses every philosophy that we have back into the locker room in terms of possession. Um, style of football, when to penetrate. He's been with the program a long time. And I think, you know, he, at the beginning of the season, I think him, like everybody else, it was such a quick turnaround. And, you know, we needed to take a, few, take a minute to sort of rest and, and heal up uh, through the summer. So I think fitness has been a gradual thing for the team and sharpness, you know, has been a gradual thing for the team. And, and you've seen in the last few games, we started to get sharper and tighter on defence and uh, able to limit the opposition chances and, and goals and, and then we're able to build from that foundation and, and Pedro's sort of uh, vital to that so he's just getting stronger and stronger and he has all the experience and all the leadership skills to to take us all the way and finally Pedro he talked about how his play has been improving no obviously it's it's tough to turn around as soon as you you win a national championship two months before and then you have to go again in a season you know it's and it takes time a little bit to get your mind straight and, you know, fo focus on the next trophy. But I think we're, we're ready now, you know, halfway through the season. We know how quick it is, how quick it's December already. And we just want to enjoy and live the moment. And as soon as we put this right in our mind, I think the most important trophy is always the next one. All right. That's Marshall's win over Butler and the men uh, getting it done at Hoops Family Field. We will wrap this one up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Time to wrap this one up. Don't forget back tomorrow for the Friday edition. And uh, if you are someone who maybe can't listen all the time, you want to listen, but you miss a show or two, uh, we got a cool new way for you to get the show. Uh, if you are a follower of our Facebook page, The Drive with Paul Swan, if you're using the mobile Facebook app, there is a new tab on the page and you can get the podcast. You can listen to it natively in Facebook. All you have to do is go to our page. It's on the mobile app right now. You can't get it on the web version. But if you go to your Facebook app, you go to the Drive with Paul Swan page. If you like it, follow us. You can see on the podcast tab where you can listen to the show, and you can listen to it uh, right there. You don't have to go to any other app. So that's one great way to do that. Of course, you can also find the show and you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. That's going to do it for this edition. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks to my guest, Chip Walters. Appreciate him, the voice of Middle Tennessee. We'll be listening, of course, to our guy, Steve Cotton. He'll have the call for Marshall Middle Tennessee. That game will be coming up on Saturday for 
Chip, I'm Paul Swatton. This has been The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.